You're listening to the Dreamer in the Details podcast with me, Dylan Ferlano. I'm an entrepreneur, photographer, and your biggest cheerleader along this journey. I'll be here with some of my favorite bloggers, influencers, business owners, and more to help you dream bigger and get all of the details on how to make those dreams come true. Think of this as your personal invitation to our group chat. We're so excited to have you. Today on the podcast, we have Andy. Andy is a beauty blogger, fashion, lifestyle, plus size creator from North Carolina. She is talking a little bit about that on the podcast today, but really what she's here to talk about is that Andy's faith is extremely important to her, which I have known since I've known her. But during Pride Month, she's really been posting all about how she feels like her religion and her support of the queer community go hand in hand. And I was so excited to have Andy on the podcast today so she could talk to us about that, how she feels like those two things go together and her message for people as to how religion and acceptance and love all work together. So I hope you enjoy this conversation with Andy. Today on the podcast, we have Andy. Hi, Andy. Thanks so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Andy is a plus size fashion and beauty blogger from North Carolina, and she is one of my clients. Her and her husband are just the most fun people to work with. We have such a great time adventuring around their hometown, taking photos. And I feel like every time I leave with my face hurts because we've been laughing so hard and your husband takes (laughs) the best behind the scenes content. So it's just all around. We have a great, great time together. Absolutely. He's the best. Shout out to Alan. We love him. (laughs) Yes. Shout out major one. So Andy, can you tell us a little bit about how you started your blog slash your platform? Yeah. Uh, So it's kind of funny. Um, I was huge into Instagram when it first like started. Well, when I first started getting on it and it was like towards the end of my college time. And I was like obsessed with having the most aesthetic Instagram in the world. (laughs) And my friend introduced me to Visco and she was like showing me how to take photos and do all this other fun stuff. And I was like super pumped to learn all about it. And so I just started following a bunch of people and like following a bunch of bloggers and Fast forward to 2018, I kept following all these bloggers and I was so excited to follow them. But then I would like swipe on the up on their link and they would offer something up to a size large or uh, the price point for this like one piece of clothing was like a hundred dollars. And I was like, Ooh. first of all, it's not size inclusive. Second of all, that's hella expensive. <laughs> and I was like, I can't do that. So I was like, why don't I just start my own like and just share like affordable plus size fashion? And I didn't know a ton of people in the space at the time, but ever since then, it's kind of just grown. And I've got to know a lot of people through this and got to do a lot of fun things. And yeah, it just kind of took on a life of its own. <laughs> Yeah, do you find um, that the space has really grown since you started doing plus-size content creation? How has it changed? Uh, Well, I think there's more people in the space, but I also feel like there's greater visibility for plus-size creators, which is super exciting. And we love to see, like, brands adding more to their line because that's all plus-size people want is that what comes in straight-size comes in plus-size and fits our body. And that's all we want is you to show that and to have that in your store and online. (laughs) 
But uh, yeah, I think there's a lot more creators in the space, um, just a lot more diversity. And that's really awesome to see because, you know, white women were not the starters of the plus size body acceptance movement. Those were wonderful black women who did that and they really paved the way. So it's really great to see that there's more diversity there too. Yes, I think we definitely see that overall in the space. It's amazing to me just how many fashion bloggers, just the diversity there. It's so great. So yeah, I love to hear that from you. Yeah. So aside from doing your fashion and beauty content, I know that your faith is also something that you talk a lot about on Instagram. I know your husband, um, I believe actually works at the church that Mm -hmm. you guys go to as well. Um, and that was something I knew about you guys, but we never really talked about it. Um, I'm not a super religious or faithful mm-hmm. person, so it had never really come up between us. But I recently saw that you all went to a gala, I believe, that was in support of mm-hmm. the LGBTQA plus community. And I just thought, what a great representation of a way that someone who is is so faithful and the religious religion is so important to them also sees their support and love of this community to be so important as well. Mm. So I know, Andy, you and I had kind of talked before you came on that that was something I was really hoping we could discuss. Yeah. So I think to start out, maybe we just go with kind of what like religious sect are you part of? For those of us who aren't really super familiar with maybe the details of how Christianity and sort of the different sects of Christianity work. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so I grew up as a part of the evangelical Christian community uh, and a little bit more conservative side of that in a Baptist church. Um, People might be familiar with like the Southern Baptist Convention, but I grew up in the North, so it was kind of a different part of the Baptist Convention. Um, But yeah, very uh, Baptist, evangelical Christianity is what I grew up in. So. It sounds like maybe being sort of having these like progressive values, was that something that you saw in that church? You said conservative. So I'm wondering if if this has sort of evolved over time for you. Yeah, definitely. Um, The conservative part, I definitely mean as in like conservative in the way we view the Bible and like the way people should act, but also in political sense too. I only grew up knowing one party and that was the Republican party. And um, we don't have to get into like what party you need to align with or how you're supposed to align your life. But um, yeah, I was only taught that that was like the only right way to think as a Christian was to be a Republican and view these things and be pro-abortion and anti-gay and well, be a pro-life, sorry, not pro-abortion, <laughs> pro-life and anti-gay and like all these other things. They were very much taught to me as a child and, you know, growing up and it was very interesting and it took me a while. It wasn't until after college that I really kind of came into my own and figured out faith for myself. And, you know, based on reading the Bible and studying it, you know, how I feel that Jesus would have felt um, and kind of took a little bit more of a progressive view um, on Christianity in in that kind of sense. So, yeah. So can you maybe talk to us a little bit more about how that change happened? I mean, I just find it so Mm -hmm. interesting because I, you know, I have very little experience with religion, but I feel Mm -hmm. like 
the church that I did grow up in as a kid, they were always talking about like, Jesus loved everybody, like love your neighbor, you know, yada, mm-hmm. yada, yada, but then would turn around in the same sentence and be like, but don't do that because mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> I'm just really interested in sort of what, what brought you to this place and yeah. kind of what you learned and saw. Okay. So I will try to keep it a little short because it's kind of a long rambling thing. <laughs> of course, it happened over the course of a few years, right? Sure. But, um, growing up and going, you know, to college, I went to Liberty University, which is a pretty conservative Christian school, um, mainly evangelical. And, you know, in there, I wanted to do something in politics. And so my major was government politics and policy or like political science. They just called it something weird there. (laughs) I was a political science major. So I did my internship for my last semester of college in Washington, DC. Um, And I interned at a think tank, a very conservative politically think tank um, that kind of wrote policy papers and op-eds and did all sorts of work in the policy space. And I was very much deep inside that space for a, you know, a few years. And I got my job after college in fundraising in the conservative political space. And I did that for a few years, but it really was um, towards the end of 2015, 2016, when Donald Trump was running for president, that I was like, okay, everything that I grew up learning is being questioned at this moment, because why would someone who professes to love the Lord and follow his commands and do all these things align themselves with Donald Trump, who was known to say things about women who were very degrading and do things to women that were very degrading and just all of these awful things. And I was like, I'm confused because there was a large part of the evangelical white Christian community that was on his side. And I was like, wait a minute, what guys, this is very confusing. I don't understand. And I just was very like, can just again, confused in that moment and didn't know what to do and didn't know what to think. Um, continuing on, I just didn't know how I could go on supporting the evangelical Christian community. If that's what they thought was a good candidate or a good person to align themselves with. And so it took me, a couple more years and then it was like the pandemic and George Floyd and Ahmaud Arbery and all of these other people, um, these black people, innocent being killed in the streets. And, you know, I don't know why it was then that I woke up, but you know, we had nothing else to do at our time then. And so all I could do was consume media. <laughs> and I was like, okay, again, I still can't align with what the Christian community is saying about this, what the evangelical Christian community is saying about these things and how can they say, why can't they say black lives matter? Why do they have to say all lives matter? I really was just like, okay, how do I align myself with these beliefs? It just doesn't make any sense. So it really took a deconstruction of my faith to get to this point. And now we have arrived in 2023 and I've just, you know, I think come to the, you know, I go back to all the time, you know, Jesus talks about in the Bible, how he loves all people. And that is just what I go back to. If you can't as a Christian understand that and live that out in your life, then I don't know what you're doing <laughs> at all. <laughs> it's my thought anyway. No, I mean, I feel like that, I mean, makes sense to me again. I'm not a, a 
you know, super religious person, but I feel like that makes sense to me. As you were talking through that, I couldn't help but wonder, was that challenging for you? Not only you're challenging your own beliefs internally, but you also must have been coming up against the views of people you knew, right? People you were close to, people you had known for a long time. Was mm. that, how, how did that go? That was difficult. <laughs> um, I, I you know I talked to my parents a lot during the pandemic and we kind of got in, I wouldn't say there were arguments, but we got into a lot of discussions, maybe a little more heated than normal about things like this. And I was just like pushing back against everything I had been taught and say like, okay, well, if you say God is love, then why can't you say black lives matter? Because black lives do matter. They do matter to God. And just because all lives matter. Yes, we know that, but black lives are being discriminated against. How do we not understand that? Right. So I was like pushing against to back all of these things and my parents and people I grew up with and, you know, friends from college, all of these people were posting these things and kind of showing support one side or the other. And I was just like, eh, I don't know <laughs> what to do. So I definitely got into a lot of arguments with some people. Um, maybe not the best choice. <laughs> but it was difficult. And um, part of what it, what I had to do through those that time is I sought therapy um, and counseling. And that really helped me kind of work through everything, you know, where I am, where I was in my faith and what, what I was going through and how to even define that. I also found support on some different online communities there's this one online community called the new evangelicals <laughs> and it's just kind of like a group that was mainly for people who were just deconstructing their christian faith and i found a lot of like you know community in that and you know a sense of camaraderie and like oh someone is experiencing what i'm i'm experiencing i don't feel so alone right now so yeah yeah i think it's also comforting a little bit to hear too that there are people going through this kind of deconstruction mm -hmm. or thought process because I you know and, and this is happens in a lot of areas that like the loudest people are also sometimes the minority mm. but they're just so loud yeah. that they drown everyone else out I guess you mm -hmm. could say and I feel like that's part of what's happening potentially right now with this um seemingly like pseudo-christian backlash against the LGBTQA plus community, queer community. Um, can you talk a little bit about how you see your love of that community working with your faith? I know you kind of talked about it a little bit, but I just want to make sure we really yeah. kind of lay that out in case somebody is is listening and is really kind of working on deconstructing that for themselves. Yeah. I Again, I think I mentioned this earlier, but it really just comes back to love for me. There are many instances in the Bible where it talks about who, how God is love and God loves the world and God loves his people and died for his people and that people being everyone. And so for me, it just comes down to there are no conditions to that love. He didn't put any ifs, ands, or buts in front of that. And that means that includes LGBTQIA plus people. And as a Christian um, who is loved by God, therefore they are loved by God. Like I can't sit here and sit, judge anyone's lifestyle. I can only love them as Christ would have loved them. And I think the church has so villainized that community in a way that they don't deserve. Um, they are just people trying to live their lives 
And it's not our job as Christians to force our religion on into anyone and to ask anyone to live by our standards and to do that and to, to speak such hate against those people is just, in my opinion, very wrong and sinful because it just is very anti what God has said in the Bible. Um, because we all, if we think about it, we all have faults. We all have things that we do wrong, but being who you are is not a fault. There's nothing wrong with identifying how you identify um, because God made you who you are. So that would be my little spiel. No, I, I thought that was great. I think, I think that really means a lot to people to hear that. I think both people who grew up in the church and people who didn't, right. Just to hear that there are folks out there who see this, this way, I don't see that their their faith, which brings a lot of people so much joy and comfort, has to live, you know, kind of fighting against these other beliefs that they have. I was like, if you really want to get technical with it, too. I, I mean, would love that, please. <laughs> um, I don't have like, like, you know, on top of my head. But if you guys want to do your own research, but if you look into the translations of the Bible and how we've translated the Bible and interpreted the Bible... There really is no actual homosexuality in the Bible, um, and it's not said in the Bible at all. It's just talked about in terms of like a man loving a young boy, which we all know is wrong. And so there was no actual instance in it's not very black and white as to it calling out homosexuality. So if we want to take the Bible and <laughs> and use it as our little prop for how we, you know, can pick and choose and pick what we want to believe. Um, you have to actually look at the translation and what the intent was in use in people coming up with the language that they came up with um, to, you know, use it for their arguments or whatnot. So I think that if you want to do your research, check it out. There's not really any instances in the Bible where it talks about homosexuality being wrong. So, no, I'm so way. glad you I'm so glad you brought that up because <laughs> I there yeah people I don't think people realize sometimes like how many translations the Bible has gone through and the languages and you know how different words depending on the time frame you yeah know, there's a lot that goes into how we translate any document right especially a document this old that has then become this you know emotionally charged and polarized and yeah there's so much to the language mm -hmm. that people claim to say is like capital T truth. Right. Mm -hmm. But who translated that? Yeah. And what was their intent behind that? And if, you know, if you really want to use the old Testament to prop up your support and, you know, why don't you follow the other laws that it says in the test in the old Testament where, you know, a woman who's on their period is like vile and unclean and you can't eat pig meat. Like, you know, like what, why would you just pick and choose one that fits your narrative? Okay, so like if you're gonna live by them, you gotta live by all of them, right? Totally. <laughs> I guess totally. It's just wild how people have taken the parts that they want to take and used it to, you know, create a narrative around a community of people that have done no harm. Absolutely. And speaking of that, I have also heard you talk, I know a lot about um feminism and women and purity culture. Mm -hmm. And I know that's like, we could probably have an hour long discussion <laughs> about that. That is not really the point of this, but I would just love if you could give us a really quick 
down and dirty maybe of your kind of opinion on that too in terms of the Bible because I feel like it gets weaponized against women in a slightly different way probably than the queer community but it has its harmful effects there as well. Yeah I mean you have to go back to how women were viewed in the Bible. They were viewed as like they were objects. They were something to be sold. They were like cattle, like animals. Like I'm going to give you a dowry to like get this woman to like, so I can marry her and I want her to be clean. Like, and you know, a virgin, all this other stuff. That's how women were viewed. And they didn't really have any value in society like that we do today. And when you talk about virginity and like purity and all this other stuff, that's what you are. You're like debasing a human a a female human into just one of her very amazing, wonderful parts of her. And I think that's just incredibly sexist and awful. And, you know, something that we have to take stock in and think about as Christians, like, why is that so important to us? And, you know, I spoke on another podcast and I said, you know, God is more concerned about your salvation than he is your purity. Like our purity is just one small little blip on the radar of something that's awesome about us because God created us amazingly and he called us wonderfully made. Like there is no other part of us that's not as awesome as this, that. And, you know, it just frustrates me to no end when, you know, women come to me or like talk about how they experience such shame and guilt for being a human and thinking sexual thoughts um, because that is just incredibly human is what it is. And there's nothing wrong with it. And yeah, I don't know. There's a lot I could say on that topic. It just, it just is removing the humanity from awesomeness of us women. And I hate that. Yeah. And I guess maybe we'll have you come back and we can do a whole other like (laughs) feminism with the Bible. Cause I, yeah. I'm sure we could talk for a long time about yeah. that. Um, I know Whitney, who is a fashion blogger from Memphis, and um, her handle is that girl Whitney. Yeah. She's actually going to be on the podcast after you. Oh, and sweet. her, she came out, we were talking all about um, her infertility struggles mm-hmm. and her faith and how she feels like the way that faith can sometimes frame women is that being a mother is, is their highest calling. And that, mm-hmm. that is unfortunate. That's not their highest calling, right? Being a mother is a high calling, but there are other things that women are made for and have purpose for. And it, mm-hmm. it's not just about that. And I didn't, I just wanted to give you a chance to comment on that. If you want, if not, you do not have yeah. to. Funny enough. I also spoke on another podcast about this. <laughs> and I literally, my topic was motherhood is not the ho- highest calling of a woman. Like uh, I, you and Whitney, I yeah. was, we were on the same wavelength, <laughs> but I totally agree. I think again, it's just devaluing what women can offer and what women can do and just who we are it just removes the humanity from us. And just, again, kind of, like bases us towards cattle. Like we can produce children and milk and that's it. That's cool for you. Like, no, we are so much more than that. And the, the church and the general like public maybe can do better work on how they think about who women are. And they're just not meant to be just mothers. And I also just think that like, you know, we have to kind of work on not placing some kind of like value on that. Like if someone is a mother, that's so amazing. Well, if they're not a mother, that's amazing too. Like I think 
what created community so well is people who are mothers, but who people who are not mothers in the traditional sense, you know, mentors and guides and people just there to like support you. Those people were more mothers than other mothers, you know, <laughs> like actual mothers. And, and I think it's just so important to, you know, remove from women, just reducing us to those two things. Like, Oh, we need them to be pure. And we need them to produce children. Which is very <laughs> debasing and inhumane to me. I'm like, okay. We would never look at a man like that, ever. Oh, could you imagine? Oh, my God. <laughs> Society would revolt if we were like, men are only good for being fathers. <laughs> and they cannot have sex unless they are married. <laughs> Literally. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I think the last thing I would love to hear you talk about a little bit is how if you are you know, out in the world or even at your church or wherever, and you meet someone who is also, you know, a faith, faithful person like yourself, how do you approach those conversations knowing that you may have such strong differing views than they do? I, I just wonder how those conversations go for you. Yeah. I mean, just depends. And if we actually get into a conversation about stuff like that, <laughs> Um, but I also feel like uh, approaching the conversation with what you can agree upon, um, is something I think is, is very important. Like, again, like I, on my stories, I was talking about, you know, starting with love from the, for the LGBTQ plus community. And I said, I don't know if you can agree with me on your stance on that community, but I think we can agree that God is love and loves all people and that we are called to love all people. And if we just start with those things that we can all kind of come around, I think the conversation can be a little easier. Um, and if we don't agree on that, I don't know why you call yourself a Christian. <laughs> That's not <laughs> a conversation, you know? Like I, I think you just, I also try to, and it's, it's hard because it, it's easy to just go into some kind of conversation where there is like touchy subjects and just want to kind of dehumanize the person that's having that conversation. Uh, but that's never what, you know, I want to do is that, you know, we are all people and we all have, we're all different stages in life and something my therapist taught me <laughs> and like, you know, kind of honed in on with me is that, you know, not everyone's at the sta same stage as you. And maybe you're a little ahead in your journey than someone else's. And that doesn't make their journey wrong. But maybe they just need to hear, you know, from you where you're at. And, you know, you don't need to get into an argument about it. You can just say, hey, you know, this is where I'm at. And maybe they'll get to that next stage too. Like, but it's not my job to get anyone there. Because I would struggle with, this and I'd be like, well, I think everyone needs to think the same thing that I think, and I they believe the same thing I believe. And she was just like, well, Andrea, they're not there yet. They're not at the same point in their journey as you, so you can't expect them to think the same things as you, or believe the same, or speak the same. And so I'm just trying to view it from that lens and kind of come at it from a place of love. And okay, well how can we connect on something, you know, whatever common ground or, you know, just, okay, where you're at in your journey right now. So. Totally. Yeah. I think too, just, 
you know, not all of us feel, you know, like equipped or safe enough, right, to have those mm-hmm. type of more challenging conversations with people, depending on the communities and the ways that our identities overlap. So I do appreciate, though, too, that like, well, you're totally right. You can't like change everyone's mind that you are willing to have some of those conversations in lieu of some people who may not feel like they can have those conversations. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I would just say, you know, you can always bow out and say, you know, thank you. I really appreciate you wanting to talk about this, but I'm just not comfortable at this time. I love that for you, Andy. We're all, I, we can I all take that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're all going to pull a Taylor Swift and say, I'd like to be excluded from this narrative. And Absolutely. And going to bow out. Mm-hmm. Um, Andy, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. We talked about so many um, like deep things, which I appreciate so much. I just want to also plug for people that your content is super fun. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> super like colorful you're always dancing and singing i just and i love it so much so i just want people to know that like this is a great snapshot of who you are but it's also not the only (laughs) snapshot of who you are yeah i love to talk about deep things but i also like to talk about taylor swift and fun silly fashion things so yes for sure (laughs) can you tell everyone where they can follow along with you because i'm pretty sure we did not cover that Oh, yeah, absolutely. You can follow me on Instagram. I'm at Andy Mars. It's A-N-D-I-M-A-R-R-S. I'm also on TikTok as that, too. So you can follow me there. Great. Thank you so much, Andy, for coming on the podcast. And thank you for being willing to have a, uh, you know, deeper, heavier conversation than definitely what we normally have at our shoots. And yes. sometimes than what you're having on Instagram as well. So we absolutely. appreciate it. Absolutely. I appreciate you having me. And I also just want to say I'm not a theologian or like a scholar of the Bible. So feel free to do your own research. I might not have said the right things. (laughs) Yes. We want everyone to always feel like they can do their own research, no matter what we're talking about. Absolutely. Thanks, Andy. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Dreamer in the Details. We're so happy to have you with us. You can follow along with us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher. And if you subscribe, you'll get all the new episodes sent directly to your feed. You can get in touch with me at Dylan in the Details on Instagram or DylanInTheDetails.com, which is my website. I'd love to hear your feedback. And we hope to see you again next time.